So, for all those that missed it who didn't catch part one, here is a really quick recap of some of the things that we covered. I'm not bad, how are you doing? You good, mate? I... Can you... I don't know what's happening, but yes. The more flammable, the better. Yeah, bit of gasoline. I'm worried about the types of fluids you have in your house, that's which. <laughs> or should we be more worried about them being flammable? That would actually be pretty cool. The version that the combat devs get, where they don't have to click yeah. through the dialogue. Yeah, right. What? That, that, what that in DDLC? Really cool. Combat version of DDLC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Sorry, I chose to take that seriously. Um, <clears throat> the. What are you talking about? You've always <laughs> lived here. <laughs> and then they start staring at you like that, going. <laughs> but it's completely off beat for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? So, Hi-Fi Rush is yes, a brilliant game. Have you... There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. It's this lovely sweeping, lovely calm, and then. <laughs> I will be looking that up shortly. The, the thing about Roombas is what you do is you get it, right? You get two of them, and you stand on them, and you turn them on, and you see how long it takes before your pelvis breaks in two. <laughs> it's, it's a modern-day equivalent of Twister, but it's solo play. As the world destroys... People are running for their lives, it seems apt. Yeah, and you thought Chief Problems could do tangents. He ain't got nothing on Matthew Bliss from Dead Drop Games News Podcast. Anyway, so with that being said, sit back, grab some snacks, and get ready for the conclusion of the chat we had with Matthew Bliss in this episode entitled The Lethality of Tangents Part 2. Enjoy. Um, there's actually a story similar to the I'm Rich that I actually pulled out and didn't put in to the latest Dead Drop game news that um, there was a bloke on Steam who made a jumping game, like a 3D platforming game where you just jump on platforms and it gets progressively harder. He made it, I think it was half a million dollars because there wasn't a, a limit to the scheme where you can price games on Steam. So it was that for a very long time and he recently made it free with the option for paid DLC or something at some point. He didn't really commit to, to, to too much, but yeah. I, I know, I don't know if it's the same game, but I know currently on Steam there's a game that costs £2,000. I don't know if oh, it's yeah. that the one you're talking about, but yeah, two grand for a game. Why? Because, you see. Because, yeah. Because, nah, nah, nah. Controversy creates cash, right? So what happens is all the streamers and all the influencers get it for free, but they say, "Oh, you want," and they do the the silly um, uh, thumbnail of them going "ooh" and making a silly face with the white outline around them, and it's you won't believe what will happen in this two thousand dollar video game, and then uh, and then three weeks later, when everyone's clamoring to buy it and wants to pay two thousand dollars, Dev then drops the price down to forty dollars, and it sells out immediately. That's why supply and demand. Mm. That's the world we live in now. Yeah. yeah, but I like the people that play with that a little bit. Uh, at the end of last year, there was a game that came out that where you have to beat it in under two hours, and like you pay the money, but it's playing with the idea that if you pay, play less than two hours on Steam, you get an automatic refund. So that, <laughs> that's that's your prize if you beat the game fast enough under two it. hours. Yeah, you can take your money back. Um, which is a, a great deceit. Like, in order to take the challenge, you need to pay the developer money anyway, which, you know, ensures that they get what they want from <laughs> it. But I think it was um, it was kind of like Amnesia, The Dark Descent, or like a getting chased by a disembodied beast through sewer pipes or something. So A, dis a disembodied game developer. Potentially. <laughs> I'd say if that's it, that he did the VO himself for sure. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's interesting when they play with the market like that i mean it gets the yeah. um 
the like the exposure that you want, mm. but it also exposes stuff in the industry that's a bit broken or needs to be changed or fixed or yeah. something like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Disruptors. Cool. Yes. Mm. That's it. To use the startup term. If we can throw the words Bitcoin, microservices, and blockchain. a couple of other uh, blockchain and stuff like that into this episode, we can get all the SEO bonuses. Dogecoin. Right? I've go. just thrown them in. Yeah. No, we make disrupt coin. Oh. Yes. Also, That's what we'll also known as Discoin, which I don't think people would like. No, you call it disrupt coin. What happens is the more you buy into it, the more it just destroys you. Yeah. <laughs> so say you buy one share of it, it destroys your phone. You buy like 20 or 30 shares of it, your house blows up. You know, that kind of thing. It's so. <laughs> That's horrendous. It's like life's a lottery. Be lucky. You know what I think? I think there People needs buy to be... It. They definitely would. But I think that... The value has to be against other people in the paying, payment pool. So you have your first run of coins that are distributed, and then you um, you fork it and sell another batch of coins. But every time someone purchases those coins, another person's house blows up. So you have to keep buying, keep buying coins. To keep, keep your stuff not getting destroyed. To explode yeah. every other person who has bought coin. And that motivates you to buy more, which invests in the value and it'll skyrocket. And then the people who started that um, DAO will just walk away and do a rug pull. But there'll be a bunch of exploded houses as well. Yeah. While, while DDLC yeah. plays over loudspeakers. Yeah. See, we've come all the way back to the beginning. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People won't realize because what happens is when, when to use... The, to buy the this currency, this disruptor coin, you've got to have location enabled on your phone. So the minute you buy it, the artillery the coordinates are already locked in. They're already. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that satellite in in orbit with rockets just ready. You know, yeah. you don't buy enough. Boom. That's what Elon's up to. Created Starlink so he can destroy people who don't follow him on Twitter. Maybe that's it. I don't think we're going there. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. We don't have to unwrap. <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we, let's leave that one. We, 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 we can mention cryptocurrency that destroys the more you buy, but don't touch Elon Musk. Yeah, we we know where the line is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> Squidge, has that been all that you've been playing recently, Goldeneye? Yeah, I mean, I occasionally go back to um, Fancy Star Portable, um, but charging a PSP. Every hour or so, it gets really annoying. Um, you can't just have that plugged in all the time? Well, the well, way you hold it, the charging bit, it, the charging port is by your right hand, so you can't have it plugged in and play at the same time. So that gets really annoying after a while. See, right, okay. Let me just, I just want to go on a rant about this real quick, right? <clears throat> People are okay with that, right? You can put the charging port near where your hand sits and you play it. It's to force you to play it portably because it is a portable video games console, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Yet the same people will complain about the Apple mouse and how the charging port is on the underside of the mouse because you're not supposed to use it plugged in. Uh, like, you can't say one's a good idea and the other one isn't. Yeah, yeah. but the, the Apple mouse isn't portable, though. Not really. You can't use it by yourself no. on a train in London. You know, it has to be connected to something. It's, I mean, you, you don't stick cartridges into it and start playing, you know, you know, I, um, games on it. I you don't know. know. The, the click sound on it. The click sound on it is pretty satisfying. <laughs> so you just walk and around. If you're go. into yeah. exactly right, exactly. You just know someone's going to take one to a, a fancy Spanish restaurant, and the minute music starts playing, they're going to be like. <laughs> Yeah, instead of the clickers. <laughs> Who needs maracas when you've got when you've got Apple mouses? Yeah. Yes. So I, that is that's, that's how you prove you got money. You go to a rock concert with an Apple mouse and got. That is a sentence yeah. that you have said. Yes. Yeah. When they when people pull out their lighters, you like just keep wiping to make the red appear on the bottom, <laughs> and you're flashing the crowd. 
<laughs> yep. Um, but I did. I didn't know that about the mouse. So you can't have it. You can't use it plugged in. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, has I've to got, be. I've got one here, so I will, for the benefit of Matt, unboxing um, live on an audio a, podcast. Hold on to your I'll, I'll put a couple of images uh, into the show notes. So this is the Apple Magic Mouse. You got the clicky clicky, right? On the underside is the charging port. Yes. So the idea is that you have to lay it upside down on your desk with the cable coming out of it so that it can charge up because you're not supposed to use it plugged in because at this at the period of time when the Magic Mouse came out, Apple was very much, we don't want cables. We want a tidy workspace. That's what That was their aesthetic at the time. No cable, so that, that's the no reason. nothing. They want, they want clean desks, not like if you use this while charged the mouse will heat up to a point where you can't touch it anymore. Like some laptop keyboards have. It's, it's, it's an aesthetic yeah, they, they, decision. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's no, an aesthetic decision. Yeah. It's, it's no longer a, a, an Apple mouse. It's, you know, a burning charcoal that you got out of a barbecue. It's, yeah. it's the same, it's the th- same thought that went into the Apple pencil and how you can't use that whilst it's charging or how you're not supposed to use that whilst it's charging. You can't. Because then you've got a cable hanging, getting in the way of, because you've got to remember that with I'm shifting into marketing now the whole thing with Apple is not that they make the greatest computers ever because I will contend that they don't although I'm sitting here using an Apple uh, Mac Air M2 and it's blooming brilliant the the point is that you're buying into the aesthetic you're buying into the design and you then become the marketing for Apple right you're or walking around with an Apple device and people are seeing you use it. So if somebody sees you with an iPad and an iPencil and a whacking great big cable connecting them, no one's going to want to buy it. But if they see you with an Apple, uh, with a with an iPad and an Apple Pencil and there's no cable there, they're going to be like, that looks really cool. I'd better buy this. I'm going and on the other a, end. A warning. I'm going to have to put a warning at the beginning of this episode. Um, beware tonal whiplash. Tonal. What are you saying about my feet? Tonal whiplash. Not yeah, your toe. Not, yeah, not not your ninth toe on your third foot. All right, all right, all right. We get it. We get it. We get it. You guys are too <laughs> quick for me. I can't keep up. Um, I can't keep. I, I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. <laughs> uh, the other so the guest is live and the hosts are pre-recorded, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the other thing is that your Apple nerds with their pocket squares will just fill them with eye pencils so they can just pull one out whenever they need it. That's another sale for Apple, right? Absolutely. Very expensive pocket square full of pencils. Another Those things are expensive. $75 per... Yeah. Couple of hundred for wheels? Forget it. You've got money if you're buying into Apple properly. Do you, do you guys that, remember that? that? That's, that's literally it. Yeah. Yeah, the wheels on the, 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 the latest Apple uh, tower... So yeah. you could, it doesn't come with wheels, and if you want wheels on it, you have to get Apple specific wheels, and they are like a hundred dollars each wheel, and you need four of them. What you do is you put your Apple on on two Roombas and then turn it on. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> See if it takes your piece. Of- Go back around again. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, yeah. I think no one can argue with Apple's marketing strategy being entirely successful. They are a. Mm-hmm. A 100% solvent company that could buy a country and just yeah. manufacture stuff there, you know, Don't satisfactory style. <laughs> oh, if they were going to do it, they would have done it already. There's a lot of issues out of China now with trying to get things developed there and relationship is tenuous. So, they're probably already planning to buy a secret island somewhere where they store away a bunch of Apple engineers and like you know, put together all the parts, all of a sudden phones will start to inflate by 200% because they can only make so many. And they've discovered that the M2 chip was so good. So they make M2 mobile and all of a sudden you've got a phone that can compute 50% of the way to a quantum and Mm -hmm. Samsung will have to follow suit, but they won't have nice. Yeah. We're getting, I'm sending myself down a rabbit hole. You're thinking two grand. What will happen is they'll buy a shed on a roundabout in Luton. And they'll just distribute stuff from there. <laughs> so, yeah. just to peek behind the curtains, there was a, there is actually a, a big push in the U.S. Congress to um, manufacture chips in the United States. 
So there's a big push for if you want to do that, they will give you some help to do it. Uh, but yes, we're, we're drifting way away from video games. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Maybe we can loop us back in. How's that M2 with games? Does it help? Uh, I honestly haven't used it for any kind of gaming anything yet. Um, but I am looking forward to uh, putting a retro arc on here because like, it's a perfect form factor. And it, I like the battery lasts for literal days, right? Yeah, yeah, Squidge just rolled his eyes. But like, and, it, and it's got this wonderful feature. And this is so, right, I'm not an Apple fan. Um, at the yeah. best of times, but yeah, but like I open the laptop up, right, and it boots. I don't have to push the power button. I don't have to push the power button. I just it detects when I open up and it boots. How cool is that? Anyway, it's the little thing. But yes, I haven't tried any games on it. But that's the next thing I'm going to do. <laughs> nice. Well, my next my next CPU is going to be a Threadripper. I guarantee you that. Yes, should be. Yeah, yeah. But those are those are fantastic. I'm, I mean, I'm still rocking my desktop computer. is is one that I bought, kind of in an emergency four years ago. I was in the middle of editing something, and then the computer just literally switched off. I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." Hit the power button, and I was like, "What's that smell?" Right? Okay. Well, better get all the pennies that I have together <laughs> yeah. and buy a computer. So this is like it's a wonderful machine. It's lasted four four and a half years of steady continuous hard use um and it runs all the games i throw at it but it cost me about 300 quid it's brilliant that's that's <laughs> that's a a round on a game show that all all developers don't want to play what's that smell oh god you don't want to play it there <laughs> yep yeah and that's something the kids will forget they won't know mm-hmm. they'll smell the smell and they'll be like who's burning tendies in the kitchen no, it's your computer on fire, my friend. And what do you do then? I really hope that when that happens, you 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 talk to them with that level of calm as well. No, your computer's on fire. It's fine. Yeah, I've worked in tech support. That's talking about anything calmly. Not only makes you makes the whole thing kind of calmer, but it also gives you an air of authority too. It, it really does right. work that way. They're like, oh yeah, this guy's seen this before. I'm in safe hands. Help, help, my, my PC's on fire. What do I do? You go to the kitchen, you get a barbecue skewer and some marshmallows. That's step one. <laughs> no, you work with laptops, mate. You get two slices of bread, get some cheese and just close that lid. Two minutes. You got lunch. <laughs> mm. is, is that making lunch while you're waiting for your eyebrows to grow back? Is that what it is? Potentially. A delicious mm. way to do it, though. <coughs> That's true. <laughs> when in doubt, panini. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Have your emergency focaccia on hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fantastic. Um, we do have a script, you so, know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what I've been playing recently, just real quick, because I'd love to, uh, if you have the time, Matt, we'd love to do Thunder Playing Games with you because we, we had a chat offline, um, uh, online, not in the recording, um, and you'd said, hey, this is a perfectly named segment, so let's do that. But just real quick from me, um, and it is slightly related, uh, what I've been playing recently was I went back and played Final Fantasy Mystic Quest on the SNES, which is like, it's wonderfully silly, and it's like Final Fantasy light, right? There's no random battles. There's no um, there's no crazy storyline. It's it's very much streamlined. Um, and instead of there being a multi-person party like you would in a, in a standard Final Fantasy game where you have three, four people, excuse me, when you have to swap them out, really, um, what happens is the story dictates to you who is in your party. So you get to a point, you get to the end of a section, and it says, cool, you're finished with that character. We're going to take them away and give you a different supporting character. Go do the next bit of the the game, because the next bit of the story revolves around that supporting character. Which is, I think, 
for me, as someone who doesn't get a lot of time to play video games, this is great because I just load the game up and I instantly know where I am because there's no, you're not standing in the middle of a field somewhere and everybody's going, wait, what? Right? There's none of that because the way the world map works, the, the sort of, yeah, the world map, the overworld, is it works kind of a little bit like Super Mario Brothers 3. And that you're working your way through like a series of dots that are connected. And each one of those dots is either um, a battleground where you can take on up to 10 um, different battles with enemies to do your grinding, or it's a dungeon. And that's quite literally it. Battleground, dungeon, town. Battleground, dungeon, town. And so it's like really streamlined down to the point where when it was first released in Japan, it was called Final Fantasy USA because it was deemed, you know, oh, this is dumbed down for Americans is what they what they decided to call it. Um, but yeah, I've been playing through that. I've almost finished it. I'm really, really, I'm enjoying it and I'm kind of proud of myself for sticking with it because I don't usually stick with games all the way to the end. But then I put that controller down and I fired up my, uh, my Switch the other day and I was like, ooh, I remember Road Redemption. Road Redemption. He's blooming brilliant. I used to love playing Road Rash back in the day, right? And, you know, you're on the motorcycle, you could punch the other person, and you're supposed to win. Now, do that, right? But throw roguelike elements into it, and you've got me, right? It's wonderful. It's stupid. Um, and rocket and, and it, Yes, and it, t- it takes the, vi- the the cartoony violence of Road Rash where you're punching and you can get a chain at one point and whip them with that and and it takes that up to 11 because you know you get a sword and so if your opponents aren't wearing um, crash helmets you can just drive by decapitate as you're riding your bike around it's ridiculous it is ridiculously stupid and the game loop at least for me because i'm not very good at it is about five minutes and then you start back again from the you know wherever you want to start from. As you get further into the game, you can say, I want to start from level one, level three, level five, whatever. Um, And for me, at the very least, it's a five-minute game loop. So I'm like, oh, cool, I did that. That's brilliant. And then you get, like, XP that you can then trade for unlockables and stuff like that. So, And that's how you get the roguelike elements, because then every time you finish a level, it gives you, like, you you can pick one of these 12 possible upgrades. You pick that one, and then it's it's different every time. People talk calm again. I'm really, really enjoying playing this game. It is ridiculously stupid. And each race is different. It randomly picks uh, a... So there's like a... You have to race against 11 other people. There's a... You have to get. You have to race, but you also have to quite literally murder a bunch of, you know, a set number of riders. Um, and then there's like... A, you're being chased by the cops. So the cop cars literally come out of nowhere and smash into you and stuff. And all the while you're on a motorcycle. Um, and there's a mode called um uh something like uh hallucinogenic acid zone where like the whole level is wobbling and there's there's cars falling from the sky and there's geysers going off and there's like uh, trees falling over it's it's wonderfully stupid it, it absolutely is definitely worth a go if you can if you can find it so that's that's what i've been playing sounds like i've been having loads of fun <laughs> when was that released? Uh, oh goodness! Uh, so I got it on my Switch when I first got my Switch. So it it, it must have been a while back. So it's not a no, mine is retro title. Two, it's a two thousand eighteen, I think. Two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen. Take a look. I'm just having a look on the old internets. Uh, oh, okay. So the Steam version was released in twenty nineteen. So it's not brand new, but it's not you know super duper old. Um, okay. Yeah, released on Switch in 2018. So, according to the internet that I just looked at just now, so that's a you know it's a ton of fun. I've I've enjoyed playing it because it's really silly, hmm. and I like silly, stupid games like that. It is, it is cartoon. It, okay, so it's not the 3D models and stuff are not cartoon style, but the over-the-top violence is cartoon style. Um, and, you know, every time you take someone out or when you pass people, you get a silly quip like, oh, he didn't see that coming! You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Nice. It's, uh, yeah. It's very very much in the style of Road Rush. Um, except that you're not racing to win a championship. You're all racing across country 
to catch up to someone. Uh, I won't give away the story, but you've got to catch someone. So everyone's trying to race after this one person. And the only way you'll get there is by literally killing everyone. <laughs> Sounds like a very well-structured like, mobile game. Yeah. Right, Rash, you say. Yeah. I've only got one thing to say to that. Screw you, Biff. Anyway, that was years yes. in the making. Oh. <laughs> years in the making. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely worth a look. Because there's, like, there's even levels that happen on... There's like a rooftop... Um, racetrack that is just a bunch of roofs that you have to race through and there's like jumps and stuff and it's very very silly very silly definitely worth a look cool I'll um, be checking that out ah cool cool so uh, Matt if you have the time we'd love to do the Thunder Plains are you interested in doing the Thunder Plains? yeah let's do it imagine that you are in Final Fantasy X and that the Thunder Plains is a place that you can get banished to what we're going to do is going to open a portal to the Thunder Plains and very nicely and very politely boot you through it. You will get help. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be in a week. Maybe it'll be in an hour. In order to stop you from getting bored, what we've said is we'll keep the portal open and we'll throw through up to three video games and everything that you need to play them, including an internet connection if it's required. The only rules are that you can't ask for help because help is already on the way. And you can't tell anyone that you're in the Thunderplanes. So our question to you is, if we were to throw boots or yeet you through the portal, which games are going with you? So I'd actually forgotten the rules. I, I made five. I wrote down five and games. You can do five. So I need I'm to... okay with five. Yeah. You want no, to do think, five? Let's do five. I think culling down that list a little bit is going to help. Um, well, look, I'd put... I'd put Final Fantasy X first if I was being uh, <clears throat> entirely fair because not knowing how long I'm going to be there, I I would need something that I know I'll enjoy that takes a sufficient amount of time, which Final Fantasy X, even if you're speed running it, the main story, probably like 60, 70 hours and some of the stuff on top. Um, but it's my favorite game ever. I've got a tattoo of it on my back. The Zanuck and Abe's. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. I can understand why, but for me, it just means a whole lot. So, Final Fantasy X. You just spend your time grinding for all the weapons. Yeah, yeah, like precisely. Like chocobo race and blitzball and mm. skipping in the Thunder Plains. I imagine yep. that I get annoying if you're actually in the Thunder Plains and you're trying to skip. It'd be really confusing. Jump at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'd wonder, can is. we... Can we go to the inn right in the middle to play the games or do we have to do it on yeah. the planes themselves? No, no, no. Yes. You, can, you can go anyway. <laughs> this is the thing, right? There are no rules, right? So you can go to the inn if you want. There's also all the supplies that you might need go with you as well, right? And anytime you need something, we'll throw it through the uh, through the portal for you as well. So, okay. you know, it's, so it's, it's, not, it, it's not a real serious thing. It's, it's, it's because we don't want to call it right because <laughs> yep. that's essentially what it is <laughs> you realize i'm Absolutely. gonna bleep that right yeah <laughs> you should but no the the like the only reason for that immersion is picking the game like i have never completed that challenge in the thunder planes that you have to do for i think it's the satin crest or something like that for one of the legendary Lulu's weapons. ultimate weapon and it's it's 200 yeah. jumps I got to like 120 and then threw the pad across the room. That's the thing. And uh, there will always be one. You can't, you can't be too close to one, a, a pylon that might catch it because it puts you out of your rhythm and it will then mm. just follow up with a quick one and game over. You just, it, it, you have to be photosensitive to get it because it's the flash on screen that tells you when it happens. But even then you're writing a device and your thumb gets all sweaty and input lag, all these things working together to essentially, yeah, you have to stand there dodging lightning for 200 times in a row. That and the and game screwing you over, actively screwing you over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not there are times, experience, just the game screwing you over. Yeah. yeah, precisely. It's like pure RNG. Like there is no predictable pattern. I'm sure someone out there has sold a, a guide that says, if you, for every second lightning strike, you will have to wait two seconds. And then after that, it will be a toss up between three and one. So make sure you're ready for those two. Like, it's just, it's so random. It's ridiculous. 
but I've never done it. So, that's the immersion part. That, and I usually, I usually recognize that that's the point in the game where it starts to kind of get on track a little bit too, because you've yeah. just left Guado Salam, you've picked up the entire party, you've figured out that Seymour is probably a little bit, you know, dodgy, iffy, yeah, and um, yeah, you sus. just need to definitely <laughs> sus, uh, yeah, but you haven't hit the the Makalania Temple yet. Mm. So, you haven't gone full. Anyway, full Final Fantasy nerd here. So, <clears throat> yeah. immersion is the name of the game. Yeah. Not to be confused with emulsion. Two very no. different things. Yes. Egg on my face when I asked for the wrong thing. And emulsion. Oh, sorry for another time. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> well, we could talk about the enemies if you like. There's some emulsion there. Um, the only thing okay. I will mention, <laughs> the only thing I will mention is <laughs> that whenever I get to choose the soundtrack, because I got the remastered version, it's also available on Game Pass, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I always pick the old soundtrack because I can't, I played it on PS2 originally. It was my first foray into Final Fantasy. Um, and... I can't do it without the regu the, the original music. I just can't. Like, I'm sure they did a great job, like, doing it. Mm -hmm. But I think I tried it in in uh, in Luca, and because the the music is so rich there anyway, there's a ton of instruments because it's so like it's it's the peak center of capitalism for Spira. Uh, there's always a lot of orchestral kind of music coming out of there, as opposed to Besaid which is an island and basically a guy playing a drum and that's it. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was just too rich. It's like remembering a Cadbury chocolate from your youth and then trying one now and it was like, it was just too, too sweet, you know. Kelly Wellies used to be huge and then when you're an adult, you're like, this thing's tiny. It's a toothpick. What the hell? Because you used to have small hands. That's what it is. Lies. Subterfuge. Pictures where it didn't happen. Definitely lies because there's a there's an entire subreddit dedication to shrinkflation in Australia, where and and maybe in other countries too, where they they people are so eagle-eyed they compare the the weightings of products and their pricing, so there will more than usually be like ten grams off something, but it goes up twenty cents, and people are like shrinkflation. Pringles are the worst. I'm searching for that later on. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a good subreddit to get lost in. I wrote that down. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. It, well, it's more frustrating than anything else. Because you don't, if it's been slow, intermittent changes across your life, you may not pick it up. But until someone tells you, hey, Cadbury chocolate blocks used to be 250 grams. Now they're 220. What the f guys? Also, it's like <laughs> double the price it was. Who's making the money? Yeah. Definitely not us. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So you get the uh, shrinkflation and and a subreddit of frustration. What you do is you type it in and it just constantly loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it gives you a little bit less than the last time you came. Just yeah, yeah, not yeah. as much. Every time we reload the page, it gets slower. Yeah. <laughs> so now you destroy your life by doing the Thunder Plains challenge, mm -hmm. and then going to check out shrinkflation and constantly frustrating yourself. That's it. Pure relief. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, Final Fantasy X, all-time favorite game. I'd bring it with me wherever I go. Cool. Okay. Shall I move on to number two? Mm. Yeah, yeah, let's. Uh, number two. This is actually a really tough decision because I've got a number of games that are just like pivotal for me that always match up and they tend to line up pretty well in terms of gameplay. Um, I like the fact you've actually written down a list as well. You're probably the most prep person we've talked to with this. You're talking to a fellow <laughs> podcast editor and recorder, mate. I, I, I respect 
the podcasting craft. I love preparation. Also, I've been part of so many video game podcasts at this point that you can't not have something queued up and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. um, but look, it's a toss up. I'd have to say Hades though, because mm. being stuck anywhere for any length of time, you need to have a game with you that you could just play endlessly, pick up and put down, swap between the other games, whatever else you're doing. Hades is definitely that. And I, I have it on Switch. I also have it on PC because I bought it before it went 1.0. And I currently have 223 hours spent on PC. Not sure how many it is on Switch. I don't think we can check that. But yeah. So <laughs> Hades, top game. Wow. And Hades 2 coming soon. Cool. That's that's very similar to the amount of hours I've put into Vampire Survivors, which I bought for one pound fifty, and it's like I'm I'm coming up on two hundred hours in that game, and I'm like nothing else in my no other thing no other singular thing in my life has been that cheap and given me that much entertainment and not just like I mean actually engaged I'm having fun it's blooming brilliant. And with like DLC and patches and stuff, I just oh. Well, essentially, what he's saying is, in the last year, he spent more time on that game than with his family. Yeah, kids are expensive. You just don't get the time value Absolutely ratio. Right. If you can get yeah. one for one pound fifty, you're good. Can't get on a subscription. The only way you can beat that ratio is if someone throws their baby at you when you're on holiday in Singapore and runs off. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to me all the time. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> um, That's why I don't go to Singapore anymore. Yeah. Uh, that, you but, know, me being a bold-faced liar, you know, one of the two. Yeah. Pick your poison, <laughs> you know. Squidge is the one throwing the babies. That's the, that's why you can't go back. Shh, don't tell them that. <laughs> that's um, a side hustle. <laughs> I have a real problem with Vampire Survivors, though. <laughs> We've lost you. <laughs> I was too upset. That was too upset. <laughs> Quick pull out. We've lost I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you're going to make money on that. It's like, here's a baby, splat. So <laughs> Probably the wrong sound. The I'm real sorry. con is that you throw it at some, they throw it at someone. So they catch it, yeah. and then you grab their wallet and stuff and their bags. Ah, they're too distracted by the baby. You're always so what you're saying is you need you need like a baby accomplice, That's or a pissed mean. off cat'll do. <laughs> oh yeah, throw That's a cat stats stats clawing. You just take stuff and wander away. It depends how much prep time you've got. You got enough prep time, you can get a small baby. If you haven't, you just grab a random cat and throw it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Trading programs available from the website. This is the like and subscribe. Kindergarten <laughs> Cop 2023. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a real problem with vampire survivors. Ooh. Which I did try it. And like I'd heard about it being popular, like you do your 26 minute runs or however longer they can get if you kill the, the Reaper or whatever you can do. But I started playing it and I was, I felt that I was like on the tracks. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is really engaging. It's got that roguelite bit where you, you just, you know, you pick up items and you start building out a build and in 25 minutes and done, it's done. So you just, you do it again. Hmm. But I was too, it was too obvious to me that it's built that way for that reason. Like there is so little game there, but it gives you, it, it's like medically precise dopamine insertion that keeps you so engaged, not too engaged that you feel overwhelmed, but also not enough that you want to walk away. It's like what I imagine they have the people in the matrix doing when they're stored in those batteries they're not actually just sitting there asleep they're just playing vampire survivors the whole time 
<laughs> and every so often they just they just put some fresh fluid in so they don't smell. Like what happens if you play too much of it, your family just hoses you down every so often. Right, go on. You started to smell, we hose you down. Here's some food, now get on with it. You know? Yeah. That's why they, they made it run on the Steam Deck so you can get hosed while you're playing. You know, it's efficiency. Yeah. But yeah, I saw that immediately. I saw in myself someone who was just said he played 223 hours of Hades that that is what is going to happen. I will not be able to put this down. I saw it with Marvel Snap as well. I played a little bit and I was like, yep, this game is just simple enough and engaging enough and the games are short enough that I could get sucked into this real bad. So, I just, I, I put it away. That's not true. I finished Vampire Survivors at least <laughs> in as far as you complete the levels and stuff. But, I mean, you can't put it down forever, right? And that's how it's got you too. Even if you say no, you have to say yes. That's Absolutely. that's my problem with it. But to each their own. It works in a sh- in short bursts too. Like if you can't do stuff often, sitting down with vampire survivors for half an hour is probably ideal, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So game number three for me. Is a toss-up. I'm so impressed you've got a list. I'm sorry. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> I never have lists. I just think I just go with the flow. I'm really impressed you got a list. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I've played so many games across my time and had so many consoles. I feel like I have to have something because, like, it could be anything. You know, the Last of Us TV series has come out. You remember the Last of Us being a great game. So, you say the Last of Us, but it may not be the best game that you'd want to mm. take with you because sometimes you pick it up and the nostalgia is just... It gives you more, more, more satisfaction to think of the game in the state that it was when you played it the first time, than going yeah. back and picking it up. Um, and the toss-up for me here, and I'm going to pick one, but I'm going to say God of War 2018 because the gameplay in that is so addictive. It's just it's tuned just right, like wielding the heft of that axe and throwing it around and hitting things, perfect story's great there's tons of things in the world to explore beyond the main story uh and funnily enough the other choice was going to be need for speed most wanted black edition the one from 2006 not the one from 2013 when criterion picked it up or whatever because mm. razor and the blacklist yeah it also was where i yeah, discovered my fondness for a certain type of music because it had Avenged Sevenfold, Disturbed, Bullet for My Valentine. I I don't think the polka got it in my version. I had the black edition. So I... (laughs) Must be the ordinary edition. Yeah, 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 you had the Weird Al version, Squidge. Great movie, by the way. Very good film. If you've seen (laughs) that. Um, Yeah. So you'd think racing cars versus dad simulator probably a little bit too different but it was a pivotal game in in my in my youth 2006 mm. quite a while ago and still holds up and there hasn't been a great need for speed game since i will fight anybody on that they peaked with underground and this most wanted and after that it was just never the same i agree with you on underground I loved playing Need for Speed Underground. Yep. Riders of the Storm. That was two. Mm. Uh, And then something about dripping balls and sweat in the first one. That's it. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack to that one's a bit... (laughs) bit iffy. A bit hit and miss. Yeah, they they kind of dark iffy too. They also went open world for Underground 2, which, thinking about it now, it was actually... That, that's what changed Need for Speed, the franchise. Mm. Yeah, it definitely peaked at Underground. Forget the rest. That was just <laughs> tailing on. Pro Street, more like no feet. Crap. I don't know. <laughs> Which is to walk around. If, you, if you have a modified car, you can actually drive a car with no feet. So. You, you you never you never never get it. I would love to see you work at a marketing company, Nesquitch. We need we need a new title for this game. 
What about it's not crap anymore? <clears throat> Number three. <laughs> Less crap this time. <laughs> yeah. Wing Ding's Revenge. It's, it's not <laughs> the first one. There you go. <laughs> Got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> ah jeez <laughs> so are those are those all the games you're taking with you to the to the Thunder Plains then they are They're but very, if, you're, if you're feeling a bit stuff. generous uh, you can throw yeah. out Tenchu Z which was Ooh. on Xbox 360 or Tenchu Z whatever you however you Z Z Z don't think I played a Tenchu game after the first one. A friend of mine check out Tenchu Z. loves Tenchu games, and he played that. And he got further than me because I took out everyone. And he had a habit of he could perch on the top of a building, backflip, and as he lands, gets his sword out and kill people. Just knowing the perfect time for it. And I almost threw him out the house because he did it too many times once. <laughs> well that's the thing it's see i didn't have a history of tenchu before this game uh admittedly my console my early console experience was relatively low but i knew i liked a ninja game i think it started mm. with dead or alive probably and that that's got a very strong ninja theme to it uh there was a game for ps2 called shinobido which mm -hmm. You guys have played that, have you? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, you'll know that it's it's very much the same feel. Like, they almost got mm. it, but it's just a little bit not good in terms of, like, the gameplay and stuff. But it was the wrong era, you know. They just needed to dial that in a little bit. Um, mm. But when I got Tenchu Z, I, if I counted the, t the hours that I spent on that game, I'm sure it'd be in 100 at least. And... Mm. Again, thinking of music, I discovered Atriu at the same time as I was playing that game. So, I had mm. Becoming the Bull pumping in the background while I was running around a, a bayside town murdering all these Japanese workers. Um, as one does. Yeah. And I, I, I was the person who murdered everybody as quietly as possible as well. Um, but yeah, brilliant game. And then someone decided to make Aragami which was 2014 or 15, ruined. Forget it. Aragami <laughs> is a terrible game. Have either of you played that? I have not. I've seen people play it and rage out while they're playing it. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's, what here's what Aragami is. Okay, imagine Tenshi Z. Imagine you're a ninja. You're running around. Mm -hmm. You're like, you have to kill people. You're like leaping rooftops. You're, you know, stabbing people from behind. Now imagine you can do all that without jumping. Aragami. <laughs> you can't take away the jumping. You can't do it. It's about traversing in shadows by teleporting, basically like Blink in uh, Dishonored or whatever. Um, if the light is put on you, you get weaker and discovered and all that stuff. The combat or the, the assassination stuff, it's all kind of skill-based you can run up and do it but you can also have skills to do it but you don't jump you run and walk everywhere it's like they wanted to make a great ninja game but they said okay but i just read flatland and i tell you what it was incredibly compelling let's just have it on the x-axis who cares yeah and then they they i know they f***ed up if i'm allowed to swear on this podcast because they made hey. aragami 2 and they put in the jumping but the world and the levels are so boring that it's just not worth playing. So, they have enough attention for one thing at a time. It's, and it's really unfortunate. Nothing against the devs of that game. Like, they had a very interesting concept, which when discussed and planned and from a game dev standpoint is probably incredibly engaging. But, Sounds good on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just it's like if they made DLC for uh, Call of Duty Warzone, but they just took out all the weapons. Yeah, every Actually, single one of them. If you think back to an experience like Goldeneye, 
where you can't look up. If you come back to that now and you still can't look up, boy, that's like there's nothing happening up there. But the experience of not being able to do that is just too limiting. And jumping is far more important to, to a game like that than anything mm. else. I, yeah, that's a pain point for me. Tenshu Z, great game. Aragami. Give it a go under two hours on Steam and return it because <laughs> no jumping and the only offensive weapon is dead fish. Yeah, I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. And so the way that I beat that game, because I was getting ready for Aragami too, I was like, okay, I'm going to fix my relationship with this game. I'm going to play it again and I'm going to figure out how it works because I'm a puzzle guy, right? I love solving problems. Mm. It At the end of it, you don't have to kill anyone. You just spam the blink and go through shadows. You just go from one end of the level to the other. There's going to be some story elements where you have to jump or traverse fences to and watch cutscenes or whatever. But you don't necessarily have to kill anything except for boss battles. So you just go, shup, 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 done. And levels. You get the sonic treatment from the Mega Drive. You just get it there as quick as possible. Yep. But the only problem is if you do it that way to save yourself being frustrated from not being able to jump. It removes all the narrative and all of the world design. So, you've got nothing left anyway. <laughs> it's Give oh, someone else a pad to let them play it and you watch it then. <laughs> I'd love to do that, except they will be equally as frustrated. So, it's like, be like watching someone on the train yelling at a book because it didn't do the right thing for them. It, it's You just don't want to do it. You don't. That, that sounds like you've experienced that. <laughs> oh, mate, that I sounds had, way too specific. I had some disembodied bloke that I couldn't get my eye on on the tram the other day who was singing Amazing Grace poorly and I couldn't find where he was so I couldn't avoid it <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it was public transport in, in the time of COVID you might forget but there's some stuff that happens on public transport that you just don't <laughs> you don't account for <laughs> even worse oh, if you found out it's someone's ringtone Oh, yeah. That's what, that was my immediate thought from the Google Home Mini, that I wanted to record the, the Google Voice having a stroke and have it do that every time someone gave me a call. <laughs> T. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> what you do is you have it on your phone for that one moment. You keep it on your phone for decades until someone says, what's the name of that place? It begins with a T and it ends in like, Book two or something, you're like, hold on, fam, I've got you. Play. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that a couple of times in the office with um, not not that kind of spe specific thing. I would love to be able to do that, though. That's the thing that really, <laughs> that's why I always pick up everything on my phone and drop it on something else. Because you end up with a, a really poor, poor quality GIF from 2008 that you were just like, yes. That's the one. You share that 10 years later and it gets everybody. I would totally do that. So, yeah. Aragami. Terrible. Tenshu Zed. So, if you feel like tossing that out the portal, I'll take it. Do it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll I've got it. a copy of it somewhere. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Was that was that all of them? Uh, I lost count, you see, because... Uh, you said yeah. you had five, and I said there were three, and you were like, oh, but I have some more. Yeah, I kind of snuck in a, a fourth one on my third one. So, I, I think I got oh, all five did, out yeah, there yeah. somehow. Yeah. Okay, so all cool. Good. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, that was that that was a, a brilliant um, selection of games, for sure. And that uh, gives me something to look into. Like you said, you know, I never tried Tenchu Z, never tried Aragami. I won't try Aragami now, because you've told me not to. Because yep. you know, if it's if it's a world with multiple like things stacked on top of each other, I'm gonna want to jump up it. Right? But what do I know? I'm what I'll just... do is I'll take the hit. I'll get Aragami. I'll get him Squiffy, and then I'll pass him the pad. Done. <laughs> and this is great. I'm just stacking A games for you guys to play. We've got Assemblance. We've got Aragami. Perfect. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I like it. So, um, so Matt. Remind the the listeners about the 
the the podcast that you do, the business you've started, how people can get in touch with you, please. Absolutely. So if you'd like to hear me truncate, sometimes cheekily, some video game news for you twice a week, uh, it's every Monday and Thursday in Australia. will vary for your time zone, uh, but that's Dead Drop Game News. You can find more information at deaddroppodcast.com or just search for Dead Drop Game News on your favorite podcast player. Um, yeah, I don't have any other podcasts. So just that one if you want to hear my voice. But if you'd like to hear your voice, but better, and you can't get Squidge, then uh, <clears throat> you can get in touch with me at blissery.fm or get in touch directly by emailing me, info at blissery.fm. And I'd be more than happy to talk about how you complete, edit, distribute, or even start your podcast. And thank you very much for having me on the show, guys. It's really great to come back. You guys are such a laugh. No worries, man. It's always it's always fun to have you on the show for, for you know, anytime you want to be on, just let us know because... You know, I've had a I've had a great time. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that is not going to go into the episode that it well, was just talking nonsense anyway. It's it's been a tangent. Yeah, and there were so many, <laughs> and they're all staying in. Let us know, listener, how many tangents you heard. That would be <laughs> good. Keep a little tally. We need a tangent tally sound effect. Like every time no, someone goes give on the me tangent, more work ping. to do. No. See, this is okay. This is the dilemma for podcasters at the moment. How to shift yeah. to video. This is how you guys do it. You just have the audio running in the background and a counter on the screen. And every time there's a tangent, it just goes ding. One. Up by one. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. <laughs> keeps the user engaged, keeps them guessing, and they'll continue listening on the video because they want to know when the tangents happen. So that's their favorite bit, right? That's it. That could totally work. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll get your fee um, tomorrow morning it'll show up in the, the company yes, bank account the check is in the mail yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got a consulting fee now so if you guys want to just yeah that'd be great that's it. I'll charge you the time for this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah just send on an invoice that's fine <laughs> done excellent well uh, Matt thank you ever so much um, uh, th th this is the crazy thing with time zones right we're all we're all not all three of us we're not all three of us in different time zones but you know it's early morning for you it's now early morning for us <laughs> but that's yeah. totally fine that's what that's, we do this mm. for the love of doing it right so that's what it. i want to say is thank you for spending part of your for saturday saturday right? morning it's looking bright yes. guys saturday morning. feels like it's about 35 degrees in this room at least so i hope you don't have to look forward to that but Again, anything above uh, 10, I don't know what you're on about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here incredibly jealous. It was like 8 degrees centigrade here for me. So, anyway, that sounds delicious. That's got nothing to do oh, with That's <laughs> utter relief for me. I would love it to be 8 degrees. 8 degrees, sorry. 8 degrees. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we're slipping Just to stick in the oven. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Fantastic. But yes, uh, thanks for being on the show again, Matt. I really appreciated it. Awesome. And you know, if you if you want to, if you've been sent to this show by Matt, I mean, he doesn't have to send you over. But if you've been sent here, or if someone sent you the link or whatever, waffling That's how you find out more about us. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, all that kind of stuff as Waffling Tailors. Uh, and you know, go check out Matt's Matt's podcast, Dead Drop Gaming News. You need to do it. You need to do it. Do it now. Indeed. Thanks well, so much, go. guys. Excellent. Hey, no worries. Thank you. You need a nice suit. I do. Yeah. They sell those. Yeah. Mr. Freeze, Dr. Freeze. Cry nice suit. to meet you. <laughs> that's, that's the actual <laughs> line from Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to meet you. That's all he ever says, isn't it? There's no actual lines. It just says, make noise. Absolutely. Grunt, strangely. Gr grunt in Austrian. <laughs> grunt in Austrian, then shoot your minigun. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's the strangest cut of kindergarten cop I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, they had to re reshoot that scene, quite literally. Mm -hmm. yep. What was we doing? Uh, uh, back to the... Uh, uh. <laughs>
<laughs> you need to become an affiliate middleman somehow. That's it. That's, that's, yeah. That sounds like a, a nice way of saying member of the mafia. I'm an affiliate middleman. Don't know what's going to happen to your podcasting recordings if you don't uh, click this here link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do it with a baseball bat. This is a really nice podcast. It would be a real shame. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a real shame if your Discord bot was just to suddenly leaving recording, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's like the collective nightmare, so we're just quietly ignoring that together, I think. That's it. Yes. <laughs>